Today on The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. Instead of understanding, no, I need to consider those things that are noble. In view of everything else that I see, I need to consider those things that are just. I need to have a a pure action or response in my life as I go through my day. I need to know that I'm responding in a loving way to the world that's around me, to brothers and sisters in Christ, to my family, and yeah, even to my enemies. I want to make sure that others give the report in reference to me that my actions and my words gave glory to God. Pastor David reminds us today that the goal of all Christians is to be like Jesus Christ. This goal is not a religious requirement. Rather, it is essential for the spiritual battle which all believers will face. The Bible challenges us to think about that which is noble, pure, and just because God understands our struggle. In order to face the challenges of temptation or sinful desires and emerge victorious, we must look to the things of God and lean on God's understanding and strength. God will lead us through. Now here's Pastor David with part three of today's message, A Spiritual Background. For some of you, that might mean, hey, let me turn the radio on for a while. Let, let my mind and my heart get refreshed by the Word of God or by psalms and praises sung to God. I, I need to get onto a station that's either preaching the Word or that there's music that, again, just allows my mind to be focused. For some of you, it means shutting the radio off and just getting quiet before the Lord and allowing the Lord just to minister to you, shutting the rest of the world off. So again, you might be able to hear that still small voice of the Lord so that you know that when that thought comes, you can take that and say, no, Lord, that's yours. I'm going to submit that to you. I'm giving that to you. I'm going to take that thing captive and I'm putting it under your control, Lord. Help me to focus on you. Don't let me fall victim to the enemy one more time. Taking thoughts captive. But in seeking that new direction, we've also got to remain focused as a defense against the attacks of the enemy. We've got to stay focused. Spiritual passivity cannot be allowed within our lives. It will not defeat the enemy of our lives. Spiritual passivity cannot be allowed. Christians cannot run on neutral. You realize that, don't you? We cannot run on neutral. We will back up every time. It is an uphill run until the Lord calls us home. And as soon as we stop purposefully pursuing the things of God in our lives, we slide backwards. You need to know 
The enemy is open 24-7, you know, 365 days a week. He is there. He's ready to serve you at any, well, you think he's serving you. No, he's ready to take a hold of you at any moment, at any time. We've got to be aware. We've got to be focused. We've got to be fully and consistently redirecting our minds and our attitudes to those things that bring glory to God and victory in our own lives. Turn the radio on, listen to preaching, get your word out, open it up, begin reading it. Man, begin just quoting verses that you might know. You need to find a friend that you can speak to of the things of God, someone that can be an encouragement to you, not someone that when you get together, well, isn't this terrible? Yeah, that's terrible. Man, how about that? That's miserable. That's, that's, man, pretty soon in about an hour, neither one of you are worth anything, okay? Because you bring each other down. Maybe you need to be the one that says, yeah, but you know, in the midst of that, I've seen God do a great work. You know, in the midst of that, it amazes me how God can take these things and turn that around. Maybe you need to be the one to change that direction, taking every thought captive unto the obedience of Christ. The importance of our minds being set on things above, focused in the right direction. It's amazing. Stop for a moment. If you would. For, for those of you who have been believers for uh, a good season, or at least you've been in your word for uh, a good time, and you're in the word, and you're studying a word, just think about how many times we see in both the Old Testament as well as in the New Testament these admonitions from the word of God to redirect our minds and to keep our minds set. Look with me at a few passages. You can put something there in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, but uh, as I did with the guys at the morning breakfast, we're going to do a little Bible drill here, so you need to be, be quick on your feet. If you've got tabs in your Bible, you might win. Okay, we'll give you a prize or something. Turn with me for a couple of passages. Psalm 139. 139, look down in verse 23 and 24. Again, there's a multitude of places we could go, but you don't have time tonight. Let's look at just a few. In Psalm 139, beginning in verse 23, the psalmist declares, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and and know my anxieties. And see if there's any wicked way in me. And then lead me in the way everlasting. Again, that's a prayer to pray in the morning, isn't it? Lord, before I even get out of bed, search me. See if there's anything wicked that I'm getting ready for. No, check me out right now, Lord. Know the anxieties that I'm going into this day. Know what's going on in my life, Lord. And then lead me in the way everlasting. What a great prayer for the morning for us to have. Are you willing to allow the Lord to expose those dark places in your life? Search me, oh God, know my heart. Ladies, for those of you that went to the uh, women's tea, my heart, Christ's home, the, the big focus of that was those, that, that room that was left locked. Oh, Lord, you can have any area in my life. Well, yeah, but when I go out, uh, you can stay here. I want to go out on my own. And when I do this, I, I want to do that. I, I know all those things. But that one closet, no, I don't want you to look into there. But when we pray a prayer like this, search me. You've got the search warrant. You you can look anywhere and everywhere in my life. Know my heart, Lord. Try me. Know my anxieties. Are you willing to let him have his way in every area of your life? Let him have his way and invite his lordship into your life? 
If you're in Psalm 139, go to the right to the book of Jeremiah. Book of Jeremiah, chapter 17. A very familiar verse probably with many of us. Yes, Jeremiah 17. And we're going to look down in verse 9 and 10. The heart is deceitful above many things. What does your version say? All things. The heart is deceitful above all things. Well, I just trust my heart in this one. Really? Are you going to be messed up? Okay. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart and I test the mind, even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. Beloved, we need to be careful not to allow our heart to deceive us into doing good enough or passable in our lives. Remember, there's a, there's a battle that's raging for the heart of man and woman, for your heart. And you and I need to have not only a, a strong defense, but we also need that strong offense against the enemy. Okay, now flip over to the New Testament. In the New Testament, the book of Philippians chapter 2. And just a real short portion of this. It says, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. Now that's a pretty powerful statement right there. Paul is saying, this is the kind of mind you need to have. Same kind of mind that Christ had. That speaks of a mind of absolute humility absolute submissiveness, and absolute obedience to the will of the Father, even to the point of personal sacrifice. And as in Christ's life, even to the point of death. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Philippians 4, 8, a couple of chapters, or couple, yeah, a couple of chapters over, a couple of pages. Philippians 4, 8. Paul writes, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things that are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be anything praiseworthy, meditate, set your mind on these things. How many of you have ever flown like small aircraft, uh, small aircraft. Anybody in here? A few, okay. Uh, how many of you have piloted small aircraft? Okay, a few of you, okay. You know the checklist you've got to have. Even before you fire that thing up and then once you fire it, before you start taxiing, that, that checklist, and there's no pilot that, that's worth his pilot's license that does not have that checklist and does not go through it. The things he physically and mentally needs to go through just before he gets airborne, and I wouldn't go on that flight with him if he didn't do it. Oh, come on, we're in a hurry. We don't need the checklist, let's go. He says, whoa. But how many of us get into our days that way? I don't have a time to pray. I don't have a time to get focused. I just need to get up and go. You're flying without the checklist, Okay. You don't know for sure if your oil pressure is good or not. 
you don't know for sure how much fuel is in that baby or not. You got to go through that checklist. How many of you have a quick little checklist you go through every morning before you leave the house? You know, it's like, uh, okay, I got my coffee mug, I got my keys, got my wallet, got my jacket, got my coffee mug, got my cell phone, got my coffee mug. I've got all the important things, okay? Well, here's a checklist for you. How often the world and, and my, our own flesh, they drag us. They drag us into the gutters of this life. They pull us into the back alleys. They throw us on the trash heaps, actually, of our past lives. Why? Because our mind goes back to these things. We're drawn back to these things. Instead of understanding, no, I need to consider those things that are noble. In the view of everything else that I see, I need to consider those things that are just. I need to have a a pure action or response in my life as I go through my day. I need to know that I'm responding in a loving way to the world that's around me, to brothers and sisters in Christ, to my family, and yeah, even to my enemies. I want to make sure that others give the report in reference to me that my actions and my words gave glory to God. If there's any virtue in the choices that I'm making, am I living my life in a praiseworthy manner? That's what Paul is saying. And this is the way we ought to be focused. This is the way we we ought to be living our lives. Look back at Romans chapter 12. Go back to your left a little bit. Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Paul tells the church of Rome, he tells us, He says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by that renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I look around the room and I realize that most of you are too young to remember what a jello mold is. I understand that, but... uh, my mom had jello molds. She had all kinds of jello molds. We, we might have a Christmas tree jello on the plate one day, or we might have a, uh, you know, a house, or we might have uh, all kind, a Valentine, you know, for Valentine's Day, jello molds. And the way that worked, you just took that hot liquid, poured it into that jello mold, stuck it into the refrigerator. A few hours later, you pop that thing out, boom. Yeah, whatever, that jello has, has become exactly like that mold. The problem is, is too many believers allow themselves to be conformed to this world, put in that jello mold of this world, and guess what? When they flip you over and look at you, you look just like the world. You don't look like Christ. You look like a wiggly Christmas tree of the world or something else. You don't look like Christ. We don't look like Christ because we allow ourselves to be conformed to this world. Paul's warning here, he says, don't let your mind get pressed into the jello mold of this world. That's the way I would have wrote it. But let it be metamorphosed into the mind of Christ. Metamorphosed, that's the Greek word that he uses there. The, the, the base of the Greek word that he uses there is where we get our word metamorphosed. What does that mean? That means completely created new. We look at the situation of a caterpillar and a butterfly. A caterpillar metamorphoses into a butterfly. 
when that butterfly comes out. He doesn't look anything like that caterpillar. It's changed totally and completely. And that's what Paul is saying. I'm not saying change your attitude. Put on a happy face. You know, brush things up, polish them up, get a new paint job. No, he says, you need to be totally changed. Changed. Because of the very mind and heart of Christ. Transformed by the renewing of your mind. And once our minds are transformed in that way, guess what? Then I'm going to know this is the way I walk you in it. When, when my mind is transformed that way, then I'm going to know when the Lord says to the right or to the left. Why? Because I'm going to be in tune with the things of God, not conformed to the image of this world. When my mind is renewed to the things of Christ, then I'm going to know what is pleasing to my Father. And my desire will be to do those things that are pleasing to my Father. When I'm renewed in my mind, guess what? It's going to be easier for me to know that perfect will of God in my life. Gosh, I don't know what God wants for me to do. And I know that every one of us struggle with that on a continual basis. Different things come up in life and we're wondering you know, what to do. But let me assure you, if you are conformed to the image of this world, you'll never know what the perfect will of God is in your life other than the fact of, no, your mind needs to be renewed. But how do I know? How do I understand it? If I'm conformed to this world and, man, the, the things of this world move me and direct me and lead me and, and excite me and that's where my passion is, the things of the world, then I'm not going to hear the Spirit of God. I'm not going to know the Word of God in my life and I'm definitely not going to understand that perfect will of God in my life because I'm going to be leading in, in, in fleshly or in worldly logic. Well, this makes sense to me. How many of you understand that sometimes God's will leads you into places that make absolute no sense? No sense. But that's where he's leading. And he says, and I'll keep you there. How many of us, if, if we were the sheep, would say, I want to walk through that valley of death, okay? I think that's going to be really cool. Let's walk through that valley of death. No, we're, you know, we'd say, no, let's go another way. But our shepherd, who knows the way, says, I'm going to lead you through the valley of the shadow of death, but you know what? I'm going to be there with you. I'm going to be there with you. One more, and we'll end. Actually, it's two more, but it's in the same book. Make it easier, okay? <laughs> Ephesians chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. And just take this really personal, okay? It begins, and you, okay? So take this really personal. And you... He made alive you who are dead in your trespasses and sins in which you used to walk, in which you once walked according to the course of this world. That was back when you were conformed to the image of the world, okay? According to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. And because of that, we were by nature children of wrath, just as everyone else. Skip now a couple of pages over to Ephesians 4. That's what we used to be prior to Christ. That's B.C., before Christ. 
Now he says in verse, or in chapter four, down in verse 17. He says, this I say therefore and testify to the Lord that you should no longer walk as the Gentiles walk. It's what you used to do. Don't do it anymore. Don't walk in the way the Gentiles walk in the futility of what? Their mind. Having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them because of what? The blindness of their heart. So we've got the mind, the understanding, the heart, all of that together. What's Paul saying? You that are children of God, don't go back to the ways of the old man or the old woman, as the case might be. Don't go back there. He's warning them. He's encouraging them. It goes back to where we were in in, in 2 Corinthians, verse 5, where he says, bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Paul tells him so clearly, man, when I come, there's some of you that continue to walk so far away, and yeah, we're gonna need to bring, again, punishment to that. We're gonna need to bring a judgment against that. You're coming against my authority, you're coming against the direction of God for the work of the ministry, for the kingdom of God, and those things ought not be. Paul says you need to take every thought captive. You need to get back on track. You need to get back in focus to the things of God in order that God might be honored in your personal life and in the life of the church. And beloved, we as the body of Christ, we as this small micro picture of the great body of Christ, it is important for each one of us to guard our minds not allowing ourselves to be conformed to the things of this world, but allowing and seeking and pursuing our minds being transformed by the very power of God. And when we see a brother or a sister that's struggling in areas, no, they're in the midst of the same battle we are, but there might be some strongholds in their life that they just need somebody to come alongside them in order that they might start getting the victory and start tearing down those strongholds. Yes, It's my responsibility to recognize in my life those strongholds and to continue to lay those things before God, continue to allow him to come against those things. But you know what? It's also my responsibility as a brother in Christ, not as a pastor. That's a whole different issue. I'm just saying as a brother in Christ. To say, man, I want to walk with you. I want to encourage you. I want to strengthen you. I want to help you. I don't want to see you get defeated. I don't want to see you get beat up. I don't want to see you taken out uh, to, uh, on a stretcher because of all the wounds of the enemy. On I don't want to see you destroyed in your walk. I want to see you victorious. I want to see those hills conquered. I want to see those strongholds taken down. And beloved, that is our responsibility to each other before Christ, for the glory of Christ, and for the honor of his kingdom. That's all the time we have for today on The Open Word. We hope today's message has touched you. 
Pastor David Landry will continue teaching through the book of 2 Corinthians on the next edition of The Open Word. But right now, we'd like to share how you can hear more from Pastor David. Just visit TheOpenWord.com and click on Teachings to hear or download past messages. You can also get in contact with us with any questions you might have, or let us know how we can be praying for you on your faith journey. You can also connect with us on Facebook. We're thankful that you've listened to today's message, but want to make sure that this isn't your only source of spiritual nurturing. We encourage you to find a church family who will help you grow in your walk with God. If you live in or are visiting the Casa Grande area, Pastor David has an invitation just for you. Hey, thanks, Chris. I'd like to personally invite you to join us here at Calvary Chapel of Casa Grande for a time of worship, fellowship, and studying the Word of God. We meet Saturday nights at 6.30, Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m., and Wednesday evenings at 6.30. You can find our address and our directions by visiting theopenword.com and following the links at the bottom of the page to our church website. I look forward to meeting you in person and sharing this journey of faith with you. Thanks, Pastor David. That's all the time we have for today. But be sure to tune in next time for another edition of The Open Word.